Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? It's very late. I assume you're tired. Unless you're listening to this the day after like a smart person. Me, I stayed up. And I am still watching the Montreal Canadiens. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And as I mentioned, I am still watching the Montreal Canadiens. I'm doing another one of these little special things where I record the episode during the end of the game because the current score is 4-3 to three for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Habs just drew within one not too long ago. There is, well, it was a little bit ago, about three minutes of gameplay ago, and we're currently sitting at 1 minute and 14 seconds on the clock, so we're going to sit here, uh, and, and, and I'm going to watch this, and we're going to see what happens. Uh, while we do it, I guess I can get started on, uh, on my little recap, right? Because this was probably... So far, the worst game that the Habs have played under Martin Saint-Louis. I, I, I don't say that lightly. Most of the games they've played have been quite good, though. This one's just been rough. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the travel mixed with a couple of days off, mixed with playing at a really odd time for, for them. I mean, this game started at 10.52 p.m. Eastern. That's nuts. I am exhausted right now. I, I don't know how they feel. Like, they've had a couple of days. I guess they've been in Vancouver for a few days. Oh, there it goes, into the empty net. 5-2 to two for Vancouver. So, sleepy game. Sleepy game. Sleepy me. Sleepy everyone, probably, who stayed up to watch this bullshit. 5-3 uh, to three for the Vancouver Canucks. That's probably going to be the final score. Um, so, I, I guess I'll give you a recap. Um, the... First period started out immediately not good. It was immediately pretty clear that they were tired, that they were just not up for this one, right? Uh, They had a very horrible power play attempt pretty early in the game, and then after that, Vancouver was just all over them. Um, It was the ice was tilted in their favor. However, they managed to get out of the first period with a tie tie game. Uh, Late period, they get a two on one with uh, Jake Evans and Arturi Lekkinen. Evans throws it over to Lekkinen, and bam, one nothing. Heavy wrist shot. Through Thatcher Demko. Not long after that, really not long after that, 
Vancouver gets the pressure right back up. And they were still, I think, announcing the Lekkonen goal when Travis Hamannick ripped one, ripped a nice clapper from point through traffic, beats Samuel Montembeau and makes it 1-1. That's the end of the first. Bit of an unspectacular period for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but they get out of it 1-1. Not a bad score. Better in the second period for sure. I thought they got uh, considerably better, but still definitely not great. About midway through the period, Josh Anderson get, uh, gets called for closing his hand on the puck. You can't do that. It's a pretty rare call, but you know he kind of tried to do like a, a fake, like almost like he was juking somebody out with a football. And yeah, they're, they're going to call that for the most part whenever you do something that obvious. And they did. And of course, almost immediately after the puck was dropped, after that penalty was called, Brock Besser at the side of the net bangs it in, makes it 2-1 for the Vancouver Canucks. But the Habs, again, despite being the inferior team through the first 40 minutes, they get back into it one more time. Quinn Hughes, with a bit of a giveaway in his own zone, uh, gets to Rem Pitlick. He throws it out to Arturi Lekkinen in front of the net. He bangs it in, gets his second of the game. 2-2. Two to two. We are going into the third period with a tie game, despite, again, the Montreal Canadiens being uh, the inferior team through 40 minutes. Third period, pretty exciting. Uh, again, got a little bit better. The Habs were getting some better chances. They are going back and forth a little bit. But, again, you'd have to argue Vancouver was getting the better of the chances. And, uh, of course, less than five minutes in, Jeff Petrie tries to go for a hero skate from behind his own net all the way through the neutral zone. He gets stripped by JT Miller, who walks in and beats Samuel Montembeau, and it's 3-2. to two. Ben Sherratt then takes a high-sticking penalty. Um, and the Habs actually had a pretty good penalty kill going. Ryan Paling was trying to attack on it. Uh, they were looking pretty good, but then, you know, puck goes the other way. Elias Pettersson just rips one after walking in over the blue line. Uh, absolutely beautiful shot. Nobody's stopping that. I don't care who you are. You're not stopping that puck. Uh, Carey Price might be able to stop that puck, but we don't have Carey Price right now, do we? Uh, I don't put that one on Semyon Montembeau. That was just an amazing shot. Uh, that made it 4-2. to two. And now, the Habs, one more time, they try to get back in it. Um, the goal that I was alluding to earlier with about four minutes left on the clock. Ballsy move by Martin Saint-Louis. He pulls the goalie a little bit early. Only down by two, and he pulls it with over four minutes to play. And it pays off. Cole Caulfield, standing on the outside hash mark, throws a beautiful pass all the way across the ice to the other faceoff dot. And Rem Pitlick dunks it. Puts it in, makes it 4-3, to three, giving the Habs a chance. But as you are already aware, because I reacted to it, the Vancouver Canucks would score on the empty net while the Habs were going for the equalizer, and that is how it would end. 5-3 to three for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, again, I gotta say, this was probably the worst game they've played under Martin Saint-Louis. Now, that's not necessarily a big problem because the... <laughs> The worst game under Martin Saint-Louis does not even come close to the worst game under Dominique Um and, and again, I don't want to make the podcast about him, but like, look, it, it, it wasn't that bad. It, it was definitely not good. There were a lot of problems in that game. I think Vancouver got the better of the scoring chances, better of the shots, better of the shot attempts, better, the better of pretty much everything. Right? Samuel Montembeau kept them in that game. Um, Thatcher Demko did make a few really good saves at the other end. The Habs seemed like they were trying to go for like they were trying to be the opportunistic team, right? 
Cole Caulfield had a few opportunities where, like, there was one where he kind of double clutched on a clapper, and Thatcher Demko came way out, and he was all the way out of the blue paint, and then Caulfield still shot it, and I thought he should have passed that one. Um, I think they were gripping their sticks a little bit too tight. I think they were just, you know, they were kind of hoping that every chance they got went in, and if that happened, you know, they might have won that game, especially with the way that Montembeau played. Um, but unfortunately, it's not the way it works, right? Uh, they just kind of laid an egg in that one, came out flat, stayed flat for pretty much the entire game, and this is kind of what happens. Um, I'm sure San Luis is not pleased with that overall effort, but look, we knew they were going to be losing games, right? We definitely knew that, that they weren't going to keep on that same winning pace that they were on for the remainder of the season. Um, it's been nice, uh, but obviously had to come to an end, and there's there's your stinker, Right. Of course, it had to come in a game where I'd stayed up until 1.30 a.m. just to watch it and record a podcast. But, um, you know, worst game under their new coach. Um, we'll see if they get a little bit better in the next one. Silver lining of the night. I think it's it could have easily gone to Samuel Montembeau. He made a couple of really nice saves in that game. But I have no choice. I got to give it to Arturi Lekkonen, right? Arturi Lekkonen, again... And I know I've said this multiple times in the podcast, and I'm going to keep saying it until the trade deadline. I do not want to see the Montreal Canadiens trade him. I don't. I think at this point, especially with the rate at which he's scoring, you have to, if you're going to trade him, you have to get an overpay. It has to be a bad overpay in your favor, and that's the only way that you can do it. So I I will say this. As much as I don't want to see them trade him, I definitely think they should be listening to offers because his value has definitely never been higher than it is right now. They put up a graphic uh, of in the last couple of weeks who's been scoring the most, and he's like one goal behind Austin Matthews. That pace is never going to be sustainable for him. So if there are teams that are interested in him, you know this would be the time, if there ever was a time, to get that massive overpay. But again, it has to be a massive overpay. Otherwise, you have to walk away from the table. Don't just take whatever offer just because you're trying to sell off assets at this point. He's somebody that could definitely help you in your rebuild. I don't see that massive overpay coming, but if it does, you know, maybe they pull the trigger. But again, my position, make it very clear, I do not want to see them trade Arturi Lekkonen. And while I'm on the subject of players that I do not want to see them trade, let's throw Rem Pitlick in there too. In a bad game, he managed to look very good. He had assists on both of Lekkonen's goals before he scored his own uh, at the end of the game to almost draw the Habs back into it. Um, He's been incredible. Rem Pitlick is the new Paul Byron. Just absolute ace of a waiver wire pickup. What did I say before? I've talked about Rem Pitlick before. One man's garbage is another man person's good on garbage. Again, points to anybody who knows where that reference comes from. Um, pretty amazed by what he's been able to do uh, off waivers. And he's clearly got a little bit of chemistry going with Arturi Lekkonen. I would like to see him stick with the Montreal Canadiens for the remainder of this season. And then maybe you get him on a cheap deal next year, right? We figure we're probably going to need some bodies next year anyways, right? You can't expect a bunch of junior players to be coming up. I, I do think Joshua Roy is going to have a chance at making the team. But I, unless they sign a bunch of free agents, they're going to need some bodies. And I think Rem Pitlick is a good good guy to have on your team. He's fast. Uh, he's, he's looking like, honestly, a legitimate middle six player 
under Martin Saint Louis. I mean, I think his his home is probably more on the fourth line. Let's be honest, but he's looking like he could play up in your lineup a little bit. I mean, I don't know why he was on waivers. Ever since he's joined this team, everything I've seen from him, I, I don't know why the Minnesota Wild put him on waivers. I want to see the Habs hang on to him. And uh, this was just yet another game where, I mean, he, he's had a few of them recently where you go, wow, I, I can't believe that this guy was on waivers in the first place. So twofold, two different guys that I would absolutely not trade right now. I would like to hang on to both of those guys. Again, obviously they have to listen to offers on everybody. And if the right offer's out there, you kind of got to jump on it. But two guys for me, for my money, I'm keeping them. I'm going to cut it off there because it is like 1.30 in the morning and I need to go to bed because I have, a, I, have, I have a job that I have to do tomorrow. So I want to thank anybody who took the time to listen to this, especially if you're listening to it at, I don't know, 1.45 or whenever I get this thing uploaded. Um, we're running, what, uh, a little over 12 minutes. So, uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, we can hope for a bit of a better game from the Montreal Canadiens in their next outing, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be the first time that the Seattle Kraken visit Montreal uh, this Saturday night. Uh, so it's a battle of two teams that are pretty down low in the standings. Last time that they met, uh, it did not go well for the Habs. So uh, we'll see. Until then, à la prochaine.